A recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores, your neighborhood store. Why fight the lines at the big box chains when Little General Convenience Stores has what you need? Selling only the best quality brands like Gorelick Farms, Boston Salads, Prepared Foods, KM, and Purdue. Little General also sells lottery, tobacco products, and yes, of course, your stop for your daily newspapers. Weekly specials change every Monday, so check online at littlegeneral.com for this week's specials. Plus, littlegeneral.com is the place to go for the delicious recipes you heard here on A Recipe for a Good Day. So whether you're picking up food or products for your home, or if you're looking for food or coffee on the go, shop your neighborhood store. Little General Convenience Stores, open eight days a week. for a good day Wednesday, your weekly food get-together brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores. Look around, you'll find one in your neighborhood open eight days a week. Now you're saying, Jeff, I know it's uh, today, we're moving along in May, it's Wednesday the 17th. Does that include today? Yes, it does. Eight days a week includes today for Little General Convenience Stores service. They are ready to serve you with great specials this week. And uh, we're going to tell you what's on sale at all Little General locations. Also on today's program, the wonderful, delightful world of oven-roasted potatoes has opened its sky and shined its light on me. We're going to talk about oven-roasted potatoes and getting that creamy inside that uh, you may have heard about. It's not a urban legend. It exists if you can achieve it. Uh, we're also going to talk about dynamites as we celebrate the return of dynamite rolls to little general convenience stores. Uh, and uh, we also will be talking about baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back ribs as we start our sales at Little General's convenience stores with baby back ribs from Hatfield on sale. It's a one pound package, $7.89 for the coveted baby back ribs. And stick around because coming up in a little while, we'll have Johnny Reynolds and Reynolds Wrap who will take a look at uh, grilling pork products and We'll also give you a uh, example of uh, preparing your baby back ribs for your grill and Sunday. Looks like a great grilling day. And remember, these sale items are now through close of business on Sunday. Hey, you want something quick and easy on the grill from Maple Leaf? It's skinless franks on sale for five ninety nine dollars a pound. Looking for lunch meat? Our friends at Hummel Brothers is back with ham off the bone, just five eighty nine dollars a pound. And Maple Leaf bologna, five ninety nine dollars a pound. Genoa hot, so hot or sweet capicola, depending on how you like it. You can have it hot or you can have it sweet. It's your choice. But it's all seven eighty nine a pound at Little General Stores. Tomato and mozzarella salad, just eight eighty nine a pound at Little General Stores everywhere. And Chuck has been busy grounding up their own Chuck Hamburg on sale for ninety nine a 
pound. And don't forget, the dynamite rolls that you look for with the cornmeal on the bottom is back three fifty nine for a six-pack at Little General Stores. They're a little bigger than the uh, former Little General dynamite rolls, but that just means, hey, you can hold more dynamite in your roll. And they are made exclusively for Little General convenience stores. The dynamite rolls you love are back three fifty nine for a six pack and we're gonna talk dynamites on this program with that own Chuck Hamburg on sale for four ninety nine a pound and the dynamite rolls and maybe you can have a dynamite weekend. Uh, we are going to get into our recipes and more. We're gonna talk right when we return about oven roasted potatoes and all the weekend I had with my potatoes. I want to remind you, though, that this is a recipe for a good day. And we thank our sponsor for continuing to support the show, Little General Convenience Stores. Recipe for a good day brought to you by Little General Convenience Stores with locations for your shopping needs throughout the Blackstone Valley. Two-in-one socket, Manville Road and Cumberland Hill Road. Great Road, North Smithfield, Chapel Street in Boroughville and Central Avenue in Pawtucket. Always hot, always fresh coffee stations to get your day started. Grab and go meals perfectly prepared for you, whether it's for an easy lunch to get you through your work day or to make an easy, satisfying dinner to end your day. And of course, delicious deli items from top-of-the-line lunch meats to top-of-the-line steak and chicken products. Oh, and of course, always fresh ground hamburg. Stay up to date on each week's sale items by going online at littlegeneral.com. Your convenience store with more. Little General, where you always get a smile, a please, and a thank you. Open every day, including today. Proud sponsors of Recipe for a Good Day, Little General Convenience Stores. If you like the taste of a lobster stew Served by a window with an ocean view You're sure, you're sure to fall in love with old Cape Cod Potato skins All right, well, let's talk about spuds and specifically oven roasted potatoes. A wonderful addition, so I heard, for most dinners. I've had them out in the public, but I've never had them. What are they supposed to be? Creamy inside. I find most restaurants, they just cut them too big to get creamy inside. They have that seasoned outer uh, shell of that potato that you get that roasted taste. But the texture seems to always fall short. And it was falling short for me at home. And I was just about ready to give up on potato uh, roast, oven roasted potatoes because it just wasn't happening. It was a lot of work and I wasn't getting the result I wanted. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to continue to make mashed potatoes. But 
I did I, I did a little more reading on the subject of oven roasted potatoes, particularly about how to get that ultra creamy inside with that um, uh, with that exterior that has that great uh, distinctive flavor. Um, and we're going to start off talking about selecting your potatoes. I know many of us just go out there and we buy that 10 pound of russet potatoes and we kind of use it for everything. But here, save the russets for french fries, potato wedges, mashed potatoes. They're terrific, but not terrific or suitable for roasting potatoes. So if you're struggling to get those oven roasted potatoes just right, start taking a look at your potato selection. What I did is I went with a combination of red potatoes, red bliss potatoes, and Yukon Golds. Uh, and I found them both to be a winning combination. On my oven-roasted potato adventure, I went half and half. Um, and I chose the bags that had smaller potatoes. I was looking for potatoes that were just about, uh, say, uh, two inches across. Uh, and that does make a big difference on how you're cutting the potato, the size of the potato that you are cutting for an oven-roasted potato. Um, so I took about a two-inch potato, both the red and the golds. Um, it was about 50-50. It made a, a beautiful presentation on the plate, but I found them both uh, delightful uh, to eat. Um, so I took a two-inch potato. I halved it, and then I took each half, and I quartered it. So on a on a, a smaller potato, I was getting about eight uh, pieces uh, per potato. A little bit larger, I was probably pulling ten to twelve, as I may have gone into sixths rather than fourths on each half. But you'll have to make that determination depending on the size of your potato. And go ahead and leave some of that skin on there. Of course, you're going to have to get off the blighted skin or the imperfections of your potato. But uh, do leave the uh, skins intact as much as possible for your oven-roasted potatoes. So you'll find that uh, the red potatoes have got that nice fluffy inside, uh, the Yukon Gold's extra creamy. I will admit the Yukon Gold were probably creamier than the red potatoes, but the red potatoes certainly delicious and creamy as well. So I did go through the mix. If you want a batch of absolute perfection, I would say go with the Yukon Golds. You can't go wrong with the red potatoes either, but stay away from the other brands such as a russet potato. Great for general cooking. As we said, um, they're nice. They're a little drier inside, so they're terrific for french fries or potato wedges. And they make darn good mashed too. But when it comes to your oven roasted, you are going to want either the red potato or the Yukon Gold. You can do what I did. You can get those little bags that maybe have a mix and match. Um, but, you know, try each one. Let the uh, kitchen decide. Um, I think for the absolute perfect, uh, you're looking at the Yukon Golds, but the Red Bliss, it was nice. I actually liked the variety on the plate between the Red Bliss and the Yukon Gold. Now let's get into it. Here we go. Um, First of all, uh, you're going to use a higher heat on your oven. Um, So I definitely was not high enough on the heat. Some will say 400. I went to 425. I went 425 on a preheated oven. And it was so perfect. Uh, I don't think I am going to 
and cut that back. Uh, it's a high enough temperature to give you a nice tender potato, uh, nicely caramelized on the outside, but not so high that it's burning the oil that you are coating the potatoes in. Uh, slicing the potato, again, you're going to eliminate the imperfections on the outside. You cut the eyes out or, or any scars or, 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 or rotted skin. So clean off what you have to, but leave skin on the potato as much as you can on both the Red Bliss. And go ahead and do it for the yellow. Just make sure that you are giving your potatoes a good scrub. And um, it does help. Just take a, a, dish, a clean dish towel and, you know, dry off those potatoes before you get into the slicing process. It helps get off anything that remains on the skin after you wash it. It also makes it so much easier to, uh, to handle, making sure they don't slip out of your fingers while you're doing the cutting. Um, I've, uh, some, I was reading on past uh, editions when I was trying in the past, I was going about two-inch chunks, um, too big. Too big, larger, uh, too big. Um, don't worry about making them small like hash browns either. Again, we talked about that size. I was using roughly two-inch potatoes. I was having them. I was either quartering them or cutting them into six each. Um, but you make that determination. Kind of think about it as about the size of a quarter. That's where I was aiming for, for my roasted potatoes. The... Um, size is important and you don't want to over I know Gary used to talk about this uh, uh, constantly about overcrowding your pan when you're frying the same goes in your oven if you're using that cookie sheet first of all line it with some wax paper uh, or, excuse me parchment paper uh, you'll save yourself a lot of headaches uh, and the potatoes so easy to get off and move around on there so line that uh, that uh, cookie sheet or that baking pan with some parchment paper and you don't want to overcrowd the potatoes. You want to make sure that each potato uh, has air around it. That way there you can roast your potato instead of steaming your potato. If you steam the potatoes, you're not going to get that desired effect. So less on the pan is better to make sure you have ample surface area exposed to that air. Uh, and the chunks of potato need to be big enough so you can get a contrast between that creamy interior and the crisp exterior. If you slice them um, too small, you have no shot at it. So if you're slicing them too small, you're not going to get the crisp outside and the creamy inside. You need it big enough to hit that, but not too big that... Um, the time it takes to creamy the inside, you're charring the outside. So I did find roughly a, a little bigger than a quarter perfect for my roasted potatoes experiment. And again, any smaller, you're just not going to have enough potato to make the magic happen. And boy, it is magic. Now, to coat your, your, your potatoes, you've cut them. Um, notice we're not talking about soaking them here. Uh, you're not doing fries. You're doing oven roasted potatoes. Uh, we used uh, olive oil uh, here. Now, again, how much should you use? Uh, I made a, a handsome batch of oven roasted potatoes. I only used a tablespoon of oil. I took out one of those gallon Ziploc uh, bags, those storage bags. 
uh, drop the potatoes that I prepared into the bag, drop in a teaspoon of oil. Uh, and if you get if you have too much excess oil in there, it's just going to get a little smoky in the oven. You don't need that. So you're only looking to coat it to get the uh, additional dry items to stick. Uh, and one tablespoon was plenty to coat my potatoes. At that point, garlic powder, uh, salt, and rosemary were the three items. Uh, I added garlic powder, gave that nice little garlic flavor, and salt. Um, if you're looking for any sort of ratio, I used a teaspoon. I used uh, four teaspoons of garlic powder, one teaspoon of kosher salt. Uh, and then, uh, interesting, rosemary. And you may have heard the upfront program end, and the mayor says, do you use rosemary in your roasted potatoes? I said, yes, I do. So, oh, the Italian style. Well, uh, while the potato bakes, that rosemary simmers in that hot oil, and the herbal uh, flavorings just absorb right into the potato. So as far as your seasonings, again, about a tablespoon of olive oil in the in the gallon size uh, Ziploc bag to help coat the potatoes with the garlic powder, uh, some salt, and fresh uh, rosemary. I have a grinder, so I just ground up some fresh rosemary in there. Uh, that's your seasoning, and you just mix it up all in the bag, and then you arrange the potatoes in an even layer. I did it. Uh, this, this calls it for the flat side down, flush against the pan. I did it with the skin side down, so there were almost little pyramids sitting on the pan, and I tell you, it worked out perfectly for my need. It really did. It allowed the skin side to be down on the pan, which prevented the actual potato from burning itself. And the uh, open air portions of the potato were able to get a nice even cooking. I made sure that uh, the potatoes weren't up against each other, preventing the heat from getting to one side. So a nice 360 circumference around each little potato wedge. It'll take you a minute to get them on the pan. But the end result, it's worth the extra minute. So don't rush your oven roasted potatoes at that point um i roasted them for 45 minutes uh i do think 40 is the perfect time uh some of the smaller cuts were a little charred on the outside the bigger cuts handled it just fine so you're going to look at it around 40 you're going to want to move them around halfway through uh giving them different position uh and uh, also uh allowing them to take a break so you can check on your potatoes uh get them back in the oven the total cook time for me was 45 Next time, I'm probably going to do 40 and then check it every two uh, just to make sure or pull some of them that looked like they were ready at 40 just to savor each and every one to perfection. What you're looking for is the potatoes to turn deeply golden on the underside and a little shrunken and pillowy. Now you are talking when you see that little pillowy look to them. Uh, When you do take them out, I did not add any more salt to mine because I've already salted them. But that's going to be up to you. I did put a little fresh ground pepper on there and just sprinkled a little fresh parsley. It adds some nice flavor. Um, uh, it adds a, a fresh flavor to it. Uh, uh, that may not be the right term, but that's the one I'm using. It just makes it, it gives it a sense of freshness. And, of course, some nice green color looks nice on the plate. Um, the uh, pepper, of course, always brings out flavor. Uh, the salt, that would be up to you. Uh, and uh, the uh, potatoes came out. They were like 
They were like little little pouches of creamy potato goodness. They were easy to get on your fork because they had a nice snap to the outside, a little hotter shell. But inside, that pillow was like a pillow of potato creaminess like I've never achieved before. Um, so those are the methods I use to get through the roasted potato. Um, they go great, of course, with any meal. And I'll tell you, I had some uh, that evening while I was watching the ball game as itself. I mean, uh, I, I, I don't know if I want French fries again now that I've achieved the, uh, the, the glory of a creamy potato inside absolutely delicious and the other thing that you take from that is if there is a challenge that you are struggling with in your kitchen i encourage you don't give up on it keep trying do a little more research try a different method alternate uh, 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 alternate the the recipe to get the desired effect you need so don't give up on those tough ch- uh, kitchen challenges because when you achieve it like i did this weekend you're gonna feel like the world is yours and the world loves those creamy oven roasted potatoes and um i i i just so thrilled to have achieved that in the kitchen and i want you to feel that thrill too so whatever your kitchen challenge is don't give up keep trying keep doing the research and uh, if you have a kitchen challenge that you there are a recipe that you're struggling with share it with us here ask the chef at wnri.com and uh, together uh, myself and johnny will put our research behind to help you Become the chef that you want to be in your kitchen. We'll do it together here on Recipe for a Good Day. So that's a look at the oven roasted potato success that I achieved this weekend. Uh, Dina loved them as well. Uh, When the kids came over on Mother's Day Sunday, I told them about the oven roasted potatoes. But then I said, we have none to give you because we ate them all. And they were all disappointed. But again, if you have a kitchen challenge, all you have to do is send us an email. If you have a question from your kitchen or a recipe you'd like to share, we'd love to hear from you. Just email the show at asktheshef at WNRI.com. That's asktheshef at WNRI.com. That Reynolds wrap by here, Betty? You bet you, Pat. Reynolds wrap makes this whole cooking and cleanup thing so easy. Reynolds wrap makes good food better. The great thing about Reynolds wrap is it's the one wrap you can depend on. Just a little Reynolds wrap can do more for a woman than any other wrap. One of my fondest childhood memories this time of year was going to the meat store with Dad to pick up a half-season's rationing of pork chops, pork steaks, and sausages to grill that upcoming weekend. Ah, the smell was so pronounced. I can still remember some four decades later helping him get everything else ready for the family picnics we enjoyed in a dedicated spot underneath the pine trees. The side dishes, condiment tray, the cases of cot soda, the plastic utensils, napkins, and so forth. Dad would invite cousins from Wakefield, Cranston, and even Barnstable on Cape Cod, with whom we shared our bounty, then spending the afternoon in the family pool. Ah. Life in the 1980s. Fast forward to today's meat markets to happily discover the quality of pork is dramatically better, and especially for the outdoor grill. So in tune with this week's Little General Specials featuring cuts of pork, let's get grilling. Keep in mind, my fellow gastronomes, that hogs are significantly smaller than steer. 
They're similarly structured as far as shape, muscle function, and butchering possibilities. Of course, in times past, more folks have been using parts of a hog that you wouldn't on a steer. The following are the best pork cuts that I can suggest for you to be grilling and chilling. Here we go. Pork chops. There's nothing quite like a good old-fashioned grilled pork chop. It's a classic summertime meal that never gets old. When it comes to grilling pork, the most important thing is to choose the right cut of meat. For pork chops, I prefer bone-in center-cut chops. These chops are thick and juicy and have just the right amount of fat to keep them from drying out on the grill. Then there's pork loin. The loin is a tender, juicy cut of meat that's perfect for the grill. This cut of pork comes from the back of the animal and is comprised of the eye of loin, which is the center cut, and the tenderloin, which is more delicate, thinner portion of the loin. Speaking of tenderloin, it is one of the best cuts of pork for grilling or even pan frying. This cut of meat is very lean and tender, making it ideal for high heat cooking methods like grilling. Pork tenderloin is also very versatile. It can be marinated and grilled, roasted, or even pan seared. And then, you know it's coming. Give me those baby back ribs. They're a favorite among pork enthusiasts. While they're certainly delicious, they can be a bit challenging to grill. First, you want to make sure that you buy the right kind of ribs. Baby back ribs are the most tender, while spear ribs have more flavor. Once you've chosen your ribs, you want to remove the membrane on the back. This will help the rib cook more evenly, and it also make it easier to spread your mustard on top and then your seasoning. You want to cook them slowly over indirect heat, and you can do this by placing the ribs on a grill over a drip pan with a small amount of liquid, like beer or an apple juice. And then there's sausages. Who can deny the greatness of pork sausages off a grill? Now, there are many different types of sausages that can be made using pork. You know, cherise, andouille, and kielbasa. Now, these types of sausages are often made using a combination of pork cuts like shoulder, belly, and leg, as well as various spices and seasonings. Pork sausages are a great option for grilling, and they're generally quite flavorful and can be cooked quickly over hot fire. Don't forget... Your little general store always stocks sweet, spicy, and Chinese sausages. For those who would prefer eating them without the casings, you want to slow simmer them in a pork stock or maybe a beef stock. Cook them all the way through, gently, let them cool, and then the casing will be easier to remove. Then put them on a hot zone for those grill marks. How many of you have ever had a ham steak on a grill? Oh, man, is that good. Especially if you have more than just a few people who love grilled ham. And then, yes, yes, bacon. There, I've said it. I've also grilled it. As fatty as bacon is, you want to place it the opposite way the grates are lined up and on no higher than medium heat. Any setting higher than medium will horribly shrink your bacon and the fat will flow to the heat source and then you'll have to contend with flare-ups. I was talking with Jessica from the main store this week about their porchetta. Now, little general stores don't stock it as often as during the summer. However, it is available year-round. And yes, I have also grilled sliced porchetta. Again, no thinner than a half inch and on medium heat. Unbelievable. So there you have it. Pork is such a versatile protein, a favorite item across the world in hundreds of cuisines. You want to visit your local little general store for these grill-ready cuts of pork and have a great time anytime during the week. For Recipe for a Good Day, sponsored by Little General, I'm Johnny Reynolds, and that's a wrap. Reynolds Wrap. Wouldn't you hate to be without it? 
Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you. There's another thing for the grill with the own Chuck Hamburg on sale at Little General Stores everywhere. Four ninety nine a pound. Oh, a good burger on the grill is always terrific. And those maple leaf skinless franks, five ninety nine a pound. Another quick treat on your grill. But right now we're going to talk about grilling and Hatfield baby back ribs on sale seven eighty nine for a pound package. Now equate that to what you're going to pay for baby back ribs and how many ribs you're going to get when you're out there in the restaurant marketplace you can have it at home and it's not a scary task we're going to take you through the world of course uh with the hot dogs and the hamburger on sale you can't go wrong with a good old-fashioned dog and burger on the grill but hey take your grill game to the next level here's an easy way to deal with baby back ribs and we're going to talk about the spicy rub to boost the flavor and a simple uh, two-step process for grilling the ribs so they don't dry out and then we're going to end it with a glaze of barbecue sauce or whatever your favorite savory layer of goodness is so um here we go with the baby back ribs and grilling them um we're going to be talking about one pound of the baby back ribs, uh, and uh, one pound is on sale for seven eighty nine a person. And depending on how many people you're cooking for, well, you're going to have to adjust how much baby back ribs you do need. Uh, of course, they come with a membrane along the backbone uh, that you can remove. You can have your butcher remove it for you as well. Uh, you're going to preheat your gas grill for high heat. Uh, if you are using your charcoal briquettes, although keep in mind right now, we are in a red flag warning. So do take extra caution if you are using charcoal briquettes while these dry, windy conditions continue. Um, it's not as much the heat. It's the dryness in the wind that uh, helps spread the fire. So do be careful. Uh, and if you are using charcoal, arrange your briquettes on one side of the barbecue to create a hot side, and that would leave a cooler side. Uh, you're going to prepare your dry rub. Uh, we'll talk about your spicy dry rub, which is going to use a few ingredients. One tablespoon of ground cumin, one tablespoon of chili powder, one tablespoon of paprika, smoked paprika, and then you're going to salt and pepper to taste. Now here, you can use your options into that dry rub. If you want to add some brown sugar, go right ahead. If you want to add garlic powder, go right ahead. The taste is yours. It's your kitchen. So you're going to combine those spicy uh, dry rubs. Uh, you're going to sprinkle on both sides of the ribs to coat it generously. Wrap the ribs in foil. Place them on the cooler side of the grill over indirect heat. Easy enough to do for a gas grill. You're just going to turn one side on and not the other. Uh, at that point, you're going to let them cook undisturbed. They're going to sit there for about an hour to an hour and a half, depending on how many ribs uh, and how much meat is on the bone that you, you are putting on there. So anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half 
indirect heat. Let them cook undisturbed. While the ribs are cooking, uh, you can get other things of your meal ready. Um, if you want to try making your own barbecue sauce, uh, we can take you through that world. Or you can open up your favorite bottle of barbecue sauce. But remember, that's going to be at the end. But if you want to home make a barbecue sauce and have some fun, here's your ingredients. A half cup of ketchup. A half cup of water. Two tablespoons of molasses. Two tablespoons of Worcestershire sauce. One tablespoon of white wine vinegar. You could use an apple cider vinegar as well. One tablespoon of Dijon mustard. One tablespoon of light brown sugar. A half teaspoon of hot pepper sauce. Maybe your favorite Tabasco will do just fine. Uh, A quarter uh, teaspoon of granulated garlic. And... A quarter teaspoon of fresh ground black pepper. Uh, Get out a medium saucepan. You can mix together the ingredients. Reach a boil. Once you reach a boil, reduce the heat to low. You're going to simmer it about 10 minutes, and you'll see it thicking up into a barbecue sauce-type consistency. Then uh, after an hour, hour and a half on the indirect heat, unwrap the ribs. The meat should just be starting to pull away from the bone. And now you're going to place those unwrapped ribs on the hot side of the grill directly over the heat sauce for another 10 to 15 minutes, turning every few minutes to allow that meat to caramelize. Now, the last five minutes or so of grilling, that is when you're going to either use your store-bought seasoning sauces or your homemade barbecue sauce, but you're going to brush both sides of the ribs with that barbecue sauce or whatever seasoning sauce you are removing. Remove it from the heat. Let the ribs rest. Always let your meat rest. This is going to take about 10 minutes to rest. And then slice between the bones to serve. And you can put a fresh batch of sauce, not something that you've been uh, dipping into, preferably on the side for dipping to add a little extra flavor to your baby back ribs. Baby back ribs on sale for $7.89 a pound. And as you see there, not too daunting a task. And Sunday is going to be a beautiful Sunday for grilling with that sun out. Maybe you grill yourself up some baby back ribs. But hey, it's going to be raining on Saturday. Maybe you're looking for something to eat Saturday. We've got you covered. And that's going to be Dynamites. And, of course, if you miss any of today's program or any edition, remember, you can catch it online. Oh, fooey. I forgot to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. How do I go shopping now? What's on sale this week? I don't know what to feed Punky the Monkey. Well, Anna Marie, we have you covered all at LilGeneral.com. That's where you can find out what's on sale this week at all Little General locations. And now can listen to past editions of Recipe for a Good Day. Just go to LilGeneral.com. You'll see the tab for the weekly flyer. Click that. You'll see the specials this week at all Little General locations. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to listen to Recipe for a Good Day. So if you miss a show or are unable to write down a recipe, now you can go listen anytime at your time at LilGeneral.com. Little General Stores is ready to serve you every day with great locally roasted coffee, as well as the best prices for all your deli meats. Little General Convenience Stores, we're here for you.
notice as you stop at little general convenience stores to get your morning or afternoon coffee. Remember, they are your home for great roasted locally roasted coffee at Little General's Coffee Stations. Always ready for you in the morning on the way to work and right there for you on the way home as well and even throughout the day. Uh, remember, Little General stores open every day, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. And uh, you'll notice the dynamite rolls are back at Little General stores for just three fifty nine for a six-pack. And the rolls are a little bulkier. Uh, than the first generation of dynamite rolls. Uh, the company that had been making them no longer did special orders, but uh, thanks to uh, here in uh, Rhode Island, uh, we have a bakery that has stepped up to the plate and now exclusively making the dynamite rolls with the cornmeal that we've come to love right at the uh, bottom of the roll. So good. And remember, a bigger roll just means you can hold more dynamites. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to talk about dynamite rolls, uh, dynamites to celebrate the uh, return of the dynamite rolls here uh, for little general stores. Uh, what we see here is uh, what I found was an article written by an out-of-towner. Um, uh, and he's from Illinois. His name was Jim. And uh, he happened to make his way uh, into Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Now, um, the article didn't say what brought him here. Um, but he does talk about uh, the experience of dining here in Woonsocket. And uh, as he calls it, and, and I think many of us can relate to this, as he says, uh, as a clueless Midwesterner, and he self-admits he is a clueless Midwesterner, um, he got the optimal Woonsocket dynamite experience. And I think we've all been here. Standing in line in the church basement, this is his experience, I love the way he worded it, uh, sauce being ladled out of vast steam table pans onto waiting torpedo rolls. My foam plate buckled under the weight, resulting in a mortifying spill and hastily stammered apologies. Hey, don't worry, Midwesterner. I think we've all been there growing up here in Woonsocket. That's when you grow up and you learn two hands on your foam plate. When you're carrying dynamites. Uh, but he says he quickly got the gist of things. And uh, as he says here. Uh, in another portion of the article. Um, his kids loved it. Well, he has one eight year old. Um, and I swear he was talking about me. Refused to eat anything but a PBJ. Peanut butter and jelly. A breakfast cereal. Um, but his other kids loved it. Uh, except for the eight year old. Uh, and he says, uh, the eight-year-old, I should have never told him what was in it. How many times have you been there, right? Uh, he, he, he heard there was onions and peppers in the sauce and quickly developed a uncertified phobia for dynamites. And he cried when he told him that he had to eat the sandwich, uh, even though they let him have it on a regular hamburger bun. Um, but he refused to eat it. But, hey, we've all, he said he just couldn't put it in his mouth. We've all, uh, I was a kid like that, and I think we all know People like that, never mind kids. Um, 
but uh, he did uh, make it at home, and he, he did report that the kid ate it as a casserole for him. Interesting use for dynamites. Uh, but the, the rest of the family has it. And, of course, uh, why dynamites? Why one socket? As uh, he rightfully points out in the beginning of the piece, um, if you have a... Uh, uh, if you have a lot of people to fill, maybe having a family gathering, maybe a community event, a uh, church fundraiser, a wedding, a funeral. Uh, if you have to feed, as he says, a small army or a horde of people, this is the way to go. So uh, elsewhere in Rhode Island, he says they do name the sandwich after the bread roll, not the sauce, calling it a torpedo, I guess, somewhere in the ocean state. I was unaware of that. I know here in the northern Rhode Island, in Woonsocket, we refer to it as dynamites. Matter of fact, there's a terrific local band named Dynamite Rhythm because of the connection of dynamites to Woonsocket. Um, So let's get into a uh, recipe. As uh, Jim found it delightful, I loved his take of getting the experience and uh, I don't know, he, unfortunately, when he talks about the church basement, he does not state what church it was, what building it was in, nor do I know the year of the visit. But um, I just love that. As a matter of fact, I'm gonna, there it is, the experience of being in a church basement. The sauce being ladled out in vastine table pans onto waiting torpedo rolls. My foam plate buckling under the weight. A mortifying spill. Hastily stammered apologies. But I got the gist of things. And, um, and he calls it a blast by one... A saucy blast from one socket. Uh, there's a few roadside diaries of people that have come here uh, that you can look up and, and, and read. There was one called Dynamite, a Saucy Blast from one socket. That was written by Christopher Martin. Um, and uh, there was another one called Little Rhode Island. Did you see what I did there? Uh, so, yeah, people make their way to Rhode Island. They love our food. They love dynamites. And they often do take it home to whatever part of the country they are in. So, here we go. Dynamites is all about that sauce, that saucy ladle mix. It's not a sloppy joe, we tell you. It's not a sloppy joe. It's a unique invention for one socket. Um, and, of course, the rolls on sale, they are back dynamite rolls with the cornmeal for just three fifty nine for a six-pack. So what do you need? Let's go over your ingredients. The first thing it talks about in, um, in dynamites is don't make a little, make a lot. It's the type of thing that reheats, it stores well, and you're going to want more of it. And you can use it in different fashions other than just simply as a sandwich. But as uh, Jim from Illinois found out, it actually is best as a sandwich. Uh, This particular recipe calls for three pounds of ground beef, three pounds of green bell peppers diced, three pounds of yellow onions diced, one and a half pounds of red bell peppers diced, 28-ounce can of diced tomatoes, 28-ounce can of tomato sauce, uh, 8-ounce can of tomato paste. In addition to that, you're going to need bay leaf, a half teaspoon of red pepper flakes, dried oregano and basil, about totally probably about 
uh, a tablespoon uh, salt and pepper to taste. You're also going to need your rolls, your dynamite rolls, again, for $3.59 for a six-pack at Little General Stores everywhere. But some other uses, um, you can put it on spaghetti or macaroni. Yes, you can. Uh, it's a nice uh, topping for a hearty pasta dish. Um, you may even want to throw some shredded cheese on that. So you get yourself some shredded cheese. Or uh, other folks from the outside the area, I've never seen anybody do this from a socket. You use it on tortilla chips as a dip, kind of like a salsa sauce. But dynamite's instead. A nice, uh, maybe you get a bowl out there for an appetizer. Maybe you're going to watch the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. Throw it out there. Get uh, some tortilla chips. Dip and enjoy. Um, so here's your instructions. Brown the hamburg. Remove it from the pan, leaving the rendered fat. Saute the onions and bell peppers and garlic right in that hamburg fat until it becomes softened. Dice the tomatoes. The tomato sauce. Ba- uh, add in your diced tomatoes, tomato sauce, your bay leaf, your red pepper flakes, and cook that hamburger back to the and cooked hamburger. Put it all back in the pot and now simmer it for an hour covered. Add in your tomato paste, your oregano, and your basil. Now a longer simmer. That's going to simmer for about two more hours uncovered. And you're going to start to smell that familiar aroma through your house that's going to have your mouth watering. Remember to stir it occasionally. You don't want pieces sinking to the bottom and burning to the pan. So give it a good deep stir occasionally. Make sure the combination is a combination and not separating in your pan. And you can continue to season it to taste. Uh, It's one of those meals that you'll find is even better when you have leftovers. Sometimes it tastes better after it sits together in the fridge overnight. It's easy to reheat. You can reheat it simply quickly in your crock pot and also have that nice uh, warming feature on your crock pot to keep your dynamites food and edible ready throughout your day. And you can serve it with some hoagie rolls. And of course, you got to have potato chips. You got to have something salty with your dynamites and nothing like a good beer, eh? To go with your dynamites. And I know I don't drink beer, but I know it goes well because it's always a beer and dynamite fundraiser. But for me, a nice ginger ale does fine. So it does take a couple of hours. And if you want to let it settle overnight in the fridge and cool, then it'll take, yeah, a day. But you will yield enough to feed, as they say, a small army. Um, it reheats well for sandwiches the next day. Uh, although uh, the chip's not required, it does go well. But if you're looking for different things to do with your dynamites, uh, if you've never tried it, having it over spaghetti or pasta, whether it's a, an elbow or spaghetti, linguine, linguine would hold a nice amount of, uh, of dynamites on the noodles. A nice thick noodle get more coverage on there. Um, you can simply reheat the sauce and cook some macaroni. Um, he does give a recipe for the casserole that his eight-year-old tried, even though he wouldn't eat it on the, uh, on the hoagie roll. Uh, he did manage to um, uh, give the recipe for his casserole style, which was kind of unique. Um, so you're going to reheat the rest of the sauce. You're going to mix it in with two pounds of cooked macaroni, put it into a 9 by 13 casserole pan. You're going to top it with shredded cheddar cheese. Now, see, I think that's a big key here. That shredded cheddar cheese probably hit his 8-year-old from seeing some of the elements in the dynamites. 
And when you eat it and it tastes good, it's fine. He heated it in the oven. Again, the dynamites were cooked. He cooked the macaroni, 9 by 13 casserole pan, topped it with shredded cheese. And he cooked it for another 15 minutes for a nice quick dinner to bring an end to the dynamite batch that was made. Uh, Dynamites, a Saturday. It's a rainy day. You might be inside. A perfect day to take advantage of the Chuck Hamburg on sale for four ninety nine a pound. That'll leave a nice fat in the pan for the cooking of your onions and your peppers and your so forth. Um, and, yeah, just let that baby simmer through the afternoon. And you can enjoy it seven ways to Sunday till Sunday with the dynamite recipe shared today. Now, of course, uh, one of the big debates in the dynamite world is how big or how small to cut up the objects like the the peppers and the onions. Um, You want it big enough so when you bite, you can get a bite into it. Um, But I don't think you want to, you don't want to leave it too big um, that it becomes hindersome in the bun. But uh, you certainly don't want to uh, mince this type of product. Uh, uh, A loose chopping or a dice, leave yourself some good chunks so when you do bite into it, you know you got a pepper, you know you got an onion, or you know you got a diced tomato. Um, But the Dynamites makes the world go around here in one socket, and it was discovered by this Midwesterner through his church basement experience here in the city of Woonsocket. So when you're serving food here in Woonsocket at some of these events uh, or fundraisers or charitable events, you never know. You might be the ambassador for Rhode Island Foods to be taken back to their states in this country or other parts of the world. And it all started right here in the city of Woonsocket with our very popular Dynamites. Next, we got to get this guy from Illinois to try coffee milk. My goodness, you ever go anywhere and you, you go on vacation you forget where you're at? This used to happen to me all the time. And you go out for breakfast and you order a coffee milk and you forget you're not in Rhode Island. And they bring you a glass of co- a cup of coffee and a glass of milk. <laughs> and you, you don't even say nothing because you realize that you were you were the fool that realized you weren't in Rhode Island and they don't know what coffee milk is. I always feel bad for them when they don't know what our cuisine here is in Rhode Island. Some of the finest. So what a program it's been. We covered our oven roasted potatoes. If you missed it at the beginning of the program. Um, in addition to going to littlegeneral.com, if you are a Spotify user on your mobile device and you have your favorite song list, Spotify also has a podcast And if you hit the podcast and you search recipe for a good day, you'll see the red lettering you know as low general convenience stores. And you can favorite it and you will get notifications when we do post as today's will be posted. So you can enjoy recipe for a good day through the very popular podcast of Spotify. Or you can go to littlegeneral.com, look at the bottom of any page, and you'll see listen to recipe for a good day. So if you missed the, the oven roasted potatoes, you can go back and hear that. We talked about the baby bag ribs. We had the Reynolds wrap today with Johnny Reynolds and pork on the grill as he continues his grill series through this month. And uh, we thank him for doing that. We thank Little General Convenience Stores for bringing back the dynamite rolls leading into our dynamite segment today. 
So is everybody hungry? If so, I guess we did our job for this week. And that does bring a close to this week's edition of Recipe for a Good Day. And we thank you for being with us. Uh, remember, we'll be back next week, a whole new show. And uh, as we said at the beginning, if you have a kitchen challenge like I did, don't give up. The success will feel so much sweeter and taste so much sweeter. Uh, but you don't have to go at it alone. If you have a kitchen query, you can email askthechef at WNRI.com and we'll put our team behind it and help you become the successful cook in your kitchen that you desire to be. Till next week, bon appetit.